We say the Gemara Lo Shamaimi, that's the argument, and we say that that uh, the Torah is not with Hashem Hashem gave the Torah to, to Hashem gave the Torah to us. So then to appeal to uh, to appeal to divine inspiration to make an argument is hard. It doesn't work. You know, the Nabi can say that he got a prophecy, he has to tell us the prophecy. But the Chacham can't say to us I have a prophet Chacham can't say to us uh, because I have divine inspiration, this is the halach. He has to, in the end, we say, Lo it's not done that way. It's not done in a, in a uh, fashion of an oracle, etc. Sanhedrin, okay, but Sanhedrin says we have to listen, that's true. But the Sanhedrin himself has to argue uh, correctly between themselves. You know, so the Sanhedrin himself has to argue uh, reasonable arguments. It's not, they're not saying, well, by virtue of that I am close to God, therefore there's no aloha. It may be that a person who's close to God is going to understand that we're not saying, we're not saying no. But that's a different point. But here, simply, it has to be in the end that... Uh, that, uh, that what we say makes sense. That's how Hashem did it. And it's a great gift if you think about it because other than prophecy, which I posit is an undeniable experience, is an, I posit is an undeniable experience, um, um, I don't know how any idea in the world will be compelling other than the fact that it's logically compelling according to the facts at hand. I don't mean without Torah facts, you just say with Torah facts, without the Torah facts at hand. How would anybody have to be so presumptuous as to say that? For, for, for Chacham to say that something is self-evident, that's fine, we can have, that's fine. And that's, it's like I told you, my reason to say, you, that's just, that just depends on how many friends you have or how, how loud you yell. Then, but if you say something self-evident and everybody nods their head, then I guess, okay, then I guess you'll be okay. But the second everybody starts screaming and saying it's not, then you're not going to. It's going to be hard to say self-evident when everybody says that everybody says not so. Saying that people say, listen, I also have a mind and I don't see it. So if you show that, okay, listen, the only reason you don't see it because you're not educated in Torah, let me educate you, and you'll see that it's that it's in, that it's that it's unassailable. Okay, that's valid. But but you, but you, and you have a right to do that. Then teach me, and you'll show me. But uh, I'm just trying to say. But otherwise, how would anybody? And how would we? How would we ever have the chutzpah to say the halacha? It's God's Torah. We'd be terrified. How could I? If I don't have a compelling, if I don't have a truly compelling argument on what? On, on, a, on a feeling or an idea? Am I going to say that this is what's right or wrong in the Torah? Who would do such a thing? That's, that's, that's how I explain. So it seems to me that that the and I've said it explicitly that if you love God, you have to be the greatest scientist in the world. Period. There's no way to, to be a good Jew. You have to be a great scientist. There's no, you know, forget about great in vis-a-vis other people. Great in terms of your own potential. Because how, how, why would you have the chutzpah to ever determine anything God said without, 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 a, without rigorous analysis and conclusion? You can't do it on a feeling. Because you feel it in your heart. You keep it carrying a corpse, carrying a corpse so all the way from the field into the town to show it covered. They, the rabbis told me every step was wrong. Every step you took was wrong. He had good intentions. So that's the day he began to serve the rabbis. That's the day, that's when Hashim Hashim began. And so it, it seems to me that, it, it, this seems to me to be logically compelling. This seems to me to be self-evident. That if I believe this is the word of God, that until, un, unless, until such times I find a mechanism in the word of God to say otherwise, let's put it that way, but it has to be the, the most, that my, my observance of Judaism has to be based on the most rigorous analysis I can possibly muster. Anything else is being sloppy. You wouldn't do. You wouldn't do with your. You wouldn't do with your with your with your, with your candy store. <coughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't run a, the simplest business uh, another way. 
And now with the word of God, you're going you're to run it like a, a, a slob? The most important thing in the world? The meaning of all, all life to follow the word of Hashem? And I'm not going to do it with rigorous, rigorous analysis? I don't know how anybody can claim that they love God and don't want to analyze the Torah rigorously. I don't see it. I don't see it. And if you love somebody, you want to, you want to, uh, you want to, you want to nail it precisely down to the, down to the, you know, whatever what down to the last decimal place possible. That's what that's what love demands. Who, whoever, whoever loves somebody said, "Well, I'll get him anything; it'll do. Anything will do." Nobody, nobody in love does that. We care, we love it. It's certainly if we fear God. You know, so we love Hashem, we fear Hashem. So it seems to me that the that the it seems to me an honest, it seems to me an unassailable argument. In order to serve God, everybody has to go for the most rigorous understanding. If a person does not capable, it's not capable. It's another story. But how could you how could you possibly serve God without it? I don't. I, don't, I can't conceive of it. He said, "Well, look. The main point is, ah, oh, look. You know, you're, that's fine. If you, if you know, you know, children do beautiful things as children. But if you do what a child does, the second you're not a child, it's not cute at all. It's kind of disgusting. When ch- children do innocent things because they're children, that's fine. It's beautiful, and it's a, they show a goodwill. That's fine. But to say get to get the same kid with an adult doing that, it's not cute. It's 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 disgusting. It's not cute." Little kid doesn't know the difference. He did it. That's cute. He tries his best, but it's not. That's not cute by an adult. You can't tell me you're acting responsibly or in a loving fashion, acting like a child. They, there's a famous story that they tell. They love this story, you know, where the kid. I told you the kid. The, the kid comes into the synagogue and 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 he's so inspired, but he builds a praying. He doesn't know how to pray. Uh, he doesn't know anything. So he, he whistles. He whistles. Oh, so the story's oh. The whistling was so, it was so pure, this prayer went up to the right, right up to the throne of glory. So my Rebbe used to say, okay, all right, okay, look, okay. You want to tell that story, great. He said, but that's only the day one, not the next day. You can't come back the next day and whistle. Okay, the first day you didn't know, you got to come back an olive, something. Olive, bays, olive, bays, something. You can't come back the second day and whistle. Okay, you, you not much do nothing. Okay, you whistle the first day. Okay. It's, it's pure. But you can't come back day two and keep whistling. You can't, you can't make a business out of being ignorant. You see, that's, that's not happening. You can't be ignorance incorporated. You don't incorporate that. You can't incorporate innocence. You can't say innocent. What, what, the innocence of day one is not innocent on day two. That's already criminal. That's already delinquent. It's already negligent. Day two is negligence. That's, that's, that's my very My rest of peace used to say, okay, all right, nuke, okay, day one. But not then, you can't do that the next night. That doesn't work. So I'm saying, so all of us, we have to, we, 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 we desire. And that, I tell you, when, when they, this for me was a, a tremendous growth during this time. I'm sorry for any suffering, any, even the slightest amount of anybody, certainly one of the people who passed away, all, all, any kind of suffering whatsoever. But the change in schedule when we, this, during this past year, during, the, during this epidemic, so one thing happened was I had a chance to discover and rediscover uh, our ancestors both to discover and to rediscover, and also discovery. And what I saw more than anything was the, was, was, were people who were in love with God beyond all description. 
It's in black and white in what they thought about and what they worked out in the Torah. And it's clear as a bell to me that what that represents, first of all, incredible work, incredible work. And it's, and it's clear as a bell, only somebody who was absolutely in love with Hashem would ever do such a thing. It, it, nobody could have put it, nobody could have ever done it. It's, I, don't, it I, don't even, you know, I don't even think, without the love, I don't think it was humanly possible for anybody to put in that amount of work that they did. And you see that they did. They cherished every word they cared to, to, to clarify and, and shine a light in every, every nook and cranny of God's Torah. And that's, uh, it's utterly inspiring. And those people were head over heels in love with, with God. That's clear. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's what we want to be connected to. Anyway, okay, that's a little word. Thank you.